0: This is Jim Chafee, producer of the Road Back to You podcast. Over the past 12 months, Ian, Suzanne, and I have had the privilege of looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram on more than 25 shows together. Now that the launch period for their book, The Road Back to You, is over, Ian and Suzanne are branching out in exciting new directions with writing projects and podcasts of their own. In the next few weeks, we will release two final podcasts in which Ian and Suzanne will talk separately about their future projects and podcasts. We hope you will maintain your subscription to this broadcast so that we can let you know when Ian and Suzanne's new podcasts are available and other new events roll out. Thanks again for all of your support. And now, the road back to you.
1: there, and welcome to The Road Back to You. We are delighted that you're here with us, and I'm delighted to be here with my good friend, my co-author, my teacher, Suzanne Stabile. How are you, Suze? I'm good. How about you? You know, I'm doing well. I am doing very, very well. I feel like life is good. I I don't really have anything bad to say today about anything.
2: Yeah, well, I I don't certainly have anything bad to say, and we've got friends in the house, and one of them is kind of like my twin, you know, another two on the Enneagram, which should threaten you a little.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: Two twos is four, and you know what that means.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I do know what that means. Yes, I do. And they are Al and Nita Andrews. We met the first time in Colorado in 19... what year was that? 1996?
3: Had to be 96 because we moved to Nashville in 97. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you believe that? It it's was 1996. It's been a while. Annie and I were in Denver. I was in seminary. You all were up in the mountains with Larry Crabb. And mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking back to a night playing guitar in a living room. It's all coming back to me now. We're delighted to have you on. We're Thanks. so delighted. Nita, you are a poet. I'm a teacher of poetry mm-hmm. and
3: I write and I'm writing on the side, but I'm not I'm more of a oil painter. If you had to narrow me All down right. to one thing, it would be oil painting. All but right. she's
0: a poet too. She's just kind of being a little shy.
1: Good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good man. Well played. Well done. Mm. And Al, you are a you are a, a therapist, or I should really say a spiritual director, therapist, counselor, companion. Your work at Porter's Call here in Nashville for many years working uh, with artists, Mm -hmm. specifically. Specifically Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Basically, we're a place where artists can come uh, for encouragement and counsel and support. It's a nonprofit. They can come for free. It's a safe place for them to come so they can have somebody to talk to. Um, when they deal with all that comes with life on the road, yeah, and a lot comes with life on the road. So, been doing that for about 16 years,
1: and I can say from having heard from many of those artists over those years that, uh, you're Work here has been of inestimable value to many souls. So, oh, thank you so much. There's uh, probably a lot of people who uh, should be sharing royalties of great songs because you probably processed through the feelings that got <laughs> them to this, <laughs>
0: those songs. Well, there's that, but that's okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I've known you guys since maybe 2015, but maybe 2016. I don't know. And it uh, feels like longer. Though, Mm -hmm. And um, maybe one of the reasons it feels like longer is because I've had the um, unending gift of staying in your guest house at your new residence in Nashville. Like, y'all are in Nashville now,
0: right? We are. We are.
2: And you moved into a neighborhood that is re... Rejuvenated, or that's coming back, or
0: yes, it is. It's a bunch of little bungalows that have been there since 1922, and they're being restored. And it's a great little neighborhood where houses are just separated by a driveway.
3: When we're not having new construction. It's just you know, folks like us are moving in to enjoy it. Yeah, that's
2: so great. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a good bit because y'all are a two and a five, mm-hmm. and uh, as a two and a nine, Joe and I, because he's a Methodist pastor, have moved quite a bit, um, and I wondered how you navigate new life in a new neighborhood. Well,
0: you know, it's been so interesting, and we've talked about this as a two and a five, and you can imagine, because you're my twin, <laughs> what would happen when a two moves into a neighborhood. Yeah. My thought is gosh, there are a lot of people here that I could get to know. And help. And help. But (laughs) in many, many ways. And um, Nita responds to it a little differently.
3: I do. Like last weekend, uh, he just let someone know their mailbox was leaning, and he just let them know that he felt it was the right thing to go get the rocks and push it forward and Fix rebuild it. the base. Yeah, fix it. yeah, yeah. And so my way of approaching all the new relationships in the neighborhood is a little bit more um, backseat and cautious. But then when I get to know someone, I'm able to really, you know, bring what is deep and lovely to them, whether it be food or different gifts or time to maybe chill out even in our apartment. Or you know, there's just ways I like preparing gifts a little bit behind the scenes.
2: It's so interesting to me to um, think about the blessing that you must be to your sons Hmm. because you're so different, so very different. And you, as a result of that, bring such different gifts to them. And I also think that I've been thinking about longevity in the neighborhood. So, Joe and I have lived where we live for 12 years, and that's the longest Joe's ever lived anywhere because you know he went away to high school seminary at 14. And he doesn't want to move. And I had a really bad fall in uh, December, late, well, late October, actually, and um, ended up with a concussion, and it was scary, and I decided I didn't want to live in a house with stairs anymore. And we sort of talked around moving, so I'd been thinking about that a lot. And our numbers are not the same when it comes to whether or not we're going to move. Joe doesn't want to go anywhere. Joe does not want to move. And so I'm wondering, because I know from the stories that you two have shared with me about coming from not just a different house, but a different way of living, to living in this neighborhood. And it occurs to me that, Nita, you're going to have much more longevity with neighbors than Al or I would because we— Find our way into their lives by giving to them, mm-hmm. and then we get tired of them wanting us to help them with stuff, right? <laughs> well,
0: you know, I it's interesting. Um, in uh, it was a little harder for me to make the decision to move than it was for Nita. It took me a little while to get used to the idea, which is, I guess, what you said. If yeah, I was there, I was engaged um, in the neighborhood, and in the city, I loved being and you know, you live there, and uh, Ian, and you know how it is to walk into a little place, and they go, hey, Ian, or hey, Al. And I really like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah. I like that, even if I don't give them anything. I just like to be be friends and to be known in an area. And I thought, gosh, to give up 20 years of this mm-hmm. and move even if it's 15 miles away,
1: Uh, was huge. It was huge for me.
2: So, Ian, you guys just moved?
1: Yes, and I have to say, Al and I have had this conversation before. You know, I'm married to a a nine. It took me four years to get Annie to a place where she would be willing to, to move to... Nashville, which is a, you know obviously it's a different number, but there's that for her it's the status quo thing. I yeah. just I just you know it's going to disturb the, my inner world and my inner peace if I do this and you know and so there's we four years of equivocation followed by one year me putting my foot down and saying we got to move you know <laughs> and then interestingly when when we when we finally got here about six months into here she says like, this was so great mm-hmm. you know she was really into it so you know I um I have uh, two friends one. A guy named Chris. Is, I'll use him. and Well, actually, another guy, Hillary. Uh, both fives, who are two of my closest friends. And uh, I'm a four, so all about feelings. And um, you, you're one. Your your closest friend of many years is a five, mm-hmm. Suze, and mm-hmm. you're a two in, the, in that feeling triad. I, you know, I have such a love for fives, healthy, integrated fives, um, particularly with you know with four wings, I guess, and uh, but. They, they are such remarkable human beings. And it's, I probably said you were a poet first because, but painters too, George O'Keefe. You know, you just think about the, the power of observation is what poets who are fives or artists who are fives bring us. They see things that none of us see. I mean, we see them, but we don't know that we see them, but you see them in such detail. What, how do you see the world every day? Like, how do you take it in?
3: Well, I've been studying shadow and light for the last two months. And um, in the literary world, I've been studying Flannery O'Connor. Mm. In the artistic world, just too many po- uh, paintings to name. But when I see the world, the reason I could move into our neighborhood is the variety is so massively different from mm. a cookie-cutter neighborhood. And so the bohemian part of a 5 um, is a dangerous thing for me. I can go without going to the dentist or the doctor for way, way too long. And less is more for me. So we moved from a a larger kind of house, a boxy, you know, house that you would have so your kids can have big bedrooms, into a house with just uh, a master and a guest, and that's it. And I love the simplicity. I love the structure of that. Now, earlier on, before I had studied the Enneagram about 16 years ago, I would have said more is more. So it's been a journey to accept that my psyche works better in small spaces that are very um, diverse. Mm. Diverse color, texture, shape, mm. everything.
1: How would you, I mean, for the sake of art, there are people out there with varying degrees of knowledge of the Enneagram. You're five. Can you just describe the kind of the, some of the motivations if you had to give a thumbnail sketch of a five?
3: The funniest thing that when I learned about being a five about 15 years ago, um, the first thing that jumped out at me was this one little obscure line about lenses, that fives are observers that love lenses. And I had to laugh because I had been the photographer on hundreds of retreats. But the retreat uh, retreatants would never know my name. They would just ask me for the slides at the end of the retreat. And I would always wear glasses whether I needed them or not. And I would always have a one shield between me and the world because uh, fives are very cloaked and they hide and they are private, private people. So uh, one of the things that's hard for me is when, uh, like Al gave me a 40th birthday party and it was a room full of people and I loved all of those people. But fives keep compartmentalizing mm-hmm. their different aspects of their social circles. And I didn't know, like, would this friend that loves me for my poetry enjoy the friend that I paint beside? Or would this friend that, you know, enjoys this part of me? They, they all were in one room. And I just was swamped with, I can't be enough for this And fives have uh, almost a time ticker running on energy. Mm. I can wake up in the morning, uh, and finally, Al and I have learned to take two cars to some events occasionally. But like if it was the Super Bowl Sunday and I was going to be at church and a Super Bowl party and something else. On the third thing, I'll just know I probably will need to head out a little early and my batteries are just depleted Mm. with being social. It's just it just happens.
1: Yeah. Wow. Can I just do a really geeky question? Okay. Because uh, I just saw this exhibition at the at the Museum of Modern Art, Agnes Martin. Yes. Mm-hmm. I knew a five would love Agnes Martin. <laughs> yes. I, well, and, the and, writing of
3: Agnes Martin. Have you seen her book? No. Uh, oh, she's got a book that describes her process.
1: So that's my that's my screensaver yes. is an Agnes Martin. Uh-huh. And there's a five for you. Yes. Oh, good um, Lord. Yeah. So anyone who's wondering about a five painter, go look at Agnes Martin.
3: And Hilda Bingen. being an, you know, because mm. she's going to be looking at holistic medicine. She's going to be looking at art, music. She's composing. Um, she would be the patron saint for some crazy, quirky person like me. Yeah. So let's hang here for a
2: minute, because one of the things that I've said for a long time that I've never had the opportunity to explore like I do right this minute, because I've never in my memory been in a place where there was really careful, concentrated dialogue around fiveness and fourness. So uh, it has been said, and I say, that Thomas Merton was so great, perhaps in part because he was a four with a five wing, and so he embodied both head and heart. And it's like I feel like that's happening right there, uh, right in front of me. There are people who can articulate head and heart, one who has a five-wing and one who has a four-wing. And I I just want you all to entertain me by talking about that and letting me listen for a few minutes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had a two-year period with a good old Thomas Merton. Oh, man. Um, And I think I probably came to you a few times and said, Ian, I just finished this whole series about the true self. And um, his ability, if we had understood what he was saying in the 50s, oh we would never have had to go in a way through all of the teachings on codependency, and even it helps addictions, it helps everything. So I my way of feeling, um, and Al, I need your help with this, um, a lot of times my feelings come about an hour later. yeah. And we've talked about me being like Nell. There was an old movie named Nell, and Nell had been raised, and we've even said this. (gasps) She had her own language. I know that movie. She had her own language. (laughs) And I have my own language. Gosh, I haven't thought about that movie in years. (laughs) But she um, would—and I've done—in our early marriage, one of our major conflicts was I would have a Nell observation or a deep feeling of I'm afraid, or I— Uh, feel like I'm not enough as a mother. Uh, I had a lot of... uh, The intimacy of mothering uh, really stretched me a lot out of my isolation. So I would have these strong meltdowns of, I'm not a good emotionally alive woman to be the mom to this child that's crying. And and I would send a note, emotional note, so to speak, under the door to Al, which is what Nell did uh, when they were trying to find her. And
0: guess who didn't pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> he let
3: the note sit there for a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Not good.
0: <laughs> but but there was one time where uh she said something and I got it. Uh, she said, you know, I think I've been setting you up. And I went, what do you mean? She said, I will say to you something like, I really I've been reading this book of poetry and I really, really like it. And I would go Well, that's cool. Yeah, so
2: happy for you. (laughs) Yeah, so so
0: happy for me. Or maybe read a poem or or let her read me a poem. And I go, that's great. And I thought, well, that's cool. She told me something. But she said, but what I meant was, and if you want to know me, you will read this book. Yeah. But she wasn't saying that and, and was feeling resentment that I wasn't getting the notes under the door. And after she said that, I think something happened in our marriage because I began to Understand that she really did speak a different language than me in many ways, and that I sometimes can interpret it and sometimes can't and sometimes need her help to go, This is what i need mm-hmm. and and that's really helpful to me to be able to hear that because sometimes it's just a it's a very complex language,
2: yeah, you know it's interesting too because i'm I'm taken with the fact that we as twos. Um, tend to say, uh, I'm feeling kind of thirsty, mm-hmm. which means would you get me something to drink? Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that when you do that, you don't pick up that indirectness from other people. You would think mm-hmm. if you do it, you'd pick it up, mm-hmm. but you don't. No. So, therapist guys, what's that about?
1: I was just thinking that we got, uh, to, did you do your degree there too? In yes, There's three counselors at the table, and... And you did spiritual direction training. Did you do spiritual direction training? Did you? Did no, you it you just asked?
0: comes so naturally to me. It does actually. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> it just flows out
0: of him. <laughs> but, but, and, and humbly, I might add. No,
2: it's just, I suddenly just feel terribly intimidated. Oh,
3: you, you should. be really. So, you're from Texas. Back it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> so, so Al, you know, um, we the three of us have some mutual friends here in town. Uh, artists that are mutual friends. And uh, I remember on t- more than one occasion, and this is not exaggerated, I could think of two or three people. They, um, well, the thing that struck them when when, they were, when people have been with you, not just artists, but people in general, I've had this experience with you too. I've heard people say that, you know, I shared my life story. I, I shared some aspect of my life that's going on currently with, with, with Al. And um, he cried for me. And I, I, I can remember at least two conversations where people said, you know, I shared my story. And I, he, I, I mean, he cried for me, hmm. tears that I'd never cried for that experience growing up. And to see it mirrored to me that way, they said, you know, it's like so powerful. Um, we know that, you know, twos that need to be needed, the, the giver's the helpers. Sometimes they, we, we, we talk about how twos have other people's feelings. And in a weird way, you know, we we tend to think of that as being a negative. I think some people interpret that as always being negative. You know what I mean? Like having other people's feelings, you know, while denying or not acknowledging your own. And yet, there it is as a gift. That I mean, those people were transformed because what you you you, you were showing them that their pain is real. That's like serious mirroring stuff. I don't know how to say that as a question, except as an observation. But it tell me about how that how that's worked its way into the of your ministry, your life. I have it.
0: You can say it, and then I'll see if I can add to it. <laughs> That's great.
1: I am right on this, aren't I? You're
3: right, and you see the tears in my eyes because I brought the poem that describes us.
1: Oh, good. <gasps> oh, so perfect. You'll,
3: you'll get a feel for, for what do it. goes on. I remember the first day how I looked down hoping you wouldn't see me, and when I glanced up, I saw your smile, shining like a soft light from deep inside you. I'm listening. You encourage us. Come on, join our conversation. Let us hear your neon certainties, thorny doubts, tangled angers. But for weeks, I hid inside. I read and reread your notes praising my writing, and you whispered, We need you and your stories and questions that like a fresh path will take us to new vistas. Slowly your faith grew into my courage. And for you, instead of handing you a note or an apple or flowers, I raised my hand. I carry your smile and faith inside like I carry my dog's face, my sister's laugh, creamy melodies, the softness of sunrise, steady blessings of stars. Autumn smell of gingerbread, the security of a sweater on a chilly day. So, Ian, when you're describing, that's an ode to teachers by Pat Mora. When you're describing that Al sits in an office and someone shares a horrific story, I mean, he is the miner that reaches down into the depth of the mine and pulls out the gold. Mm. And some people have said they, they're ambushed by that much love. But his tunis has been healthy for a long, long time.
1: Yes. We yeah.
3: we actually last night said, Do you remember when it was so gross?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> We're yeah. trying to figure it out. Well, I
0: mean. <laughs> first of all, thank you, Ian. Those are very kind words and they they go really deep. Um prob- I, I'm I'm I would say I'm a late bloomer when it comes to the Enneagram. I watched Nita read in this, and, and talk about it, and I just couldn't get it. And everybody was saying, oh, you're a three, you're a two. Whatever. And I was taking the test. I, w- I just wasn't getting it. And I, it wasn't that long ago when I went to the, the seminar on, I can't remember the one it was. It was boot a boot camp. Boot camp. And um, I was confused about my number. And uh, Suzanne said, well, think about who you were when you were 20. And it was boom. <laughs> there full, it is. <laughs> full on, full on too. where I needed to be liked. I needed to be needed. I needed to be helpful all of the time. And I resented most everyone in my life. Um, but and they you were, almost but, had
3: to be single to have enough time to do But they would it. never. Yeah.
0: The, yeah. Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> and they would never have known that, that resentment. Oh, no. and, and neither did I at many levels. But um, I was confused because, you know, 40 years later, um, whereas um, I did fix my neighbor's mailbox. Of course. Um, but uh, it came from a different place. Mm-hmm. And the place it came from was, um, I really want to meet our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I met one of our neighbors, and she was a lot of fun. She came over to the house and went— and she was single, and her mailbox was leaning. It had been leaning forever. And I saw her outside, and I said, here's the deal. I'm a little OCD, and I just can't stand leaning things. Would you mind if I fix that? And she was, oh, I, was, I wanted it to be fixed for years. And it took me five minutes, and I sent her this ridiculous invoice. And we had a go. great time. And and I didn't that time, and I, I'll, 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 I'll cover it by that time, I didn't feel like I needed to be helpful. Yeah. I wanted to be a friend. Yeah. And and I can distinguish. And, and I know that there there are times when I weep with people and after it's over, I go, ah, oh, we connected. And there's other times on a not-so-good day where I, I feel like I need to be needed yeah. and and that's a bad day, you yeah. know, in, in that sense, especially when you're with another human being and feel like, Whatever they do, I need to be needed by mm-hmm. them, and um, and so it's been an interesting journey just to watch. Like the other day, uh, I went to get us some a little daffodils for our yard, and I got home, and I had this really two thought, <laughs> uh-huh. and that is, it was this little uh, little uh, a container of about mm-hmm. six daffodils. I thought, oh, that neighbor and that neighbor and that neighbor needs yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and. I almost went to get them at Lowe's, which would have been an hour. And I went, you know, I don't think they do need them. And um, I felt like, oh, I think I made a good, a, a good decision. Yeah. You know, to go, I love my neighbors. And yet, I think if I did that, something else would have been taken away from our family in our day. And they could use those daffodils, but it wasn't necessary for me to be needed or liked in that moment. Does that make sense?
2: It does, of course, to me. And it's so interesting to watch myself because it's how we think. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's it's um, it's not like there's virtue in it. We're we're not even trying to be <coughs> yeah generous or virtuous. It's just how we think. And I so I have to spend my time thinking. They don't want my help. They don't need my help. They don't need me to get their daffodils. They don't. They don't need that from me. And then I find out who I am when people don't need me, mm-hmm. which ups
3: my game and what I have to give when people do.
0: Yeah, well put.
3: And we have this give and take where if he's done three responses, I mean, he he was already responded relationally to ten things before noon. Yeah, and I would have like maybe wanted to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have a give and take where you know he'll say. Um, I'm about to write the fourth letter back, and it's going to look like, in a way, you're don't even live here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not, you're absent again. And if I write the fourth one, I'll, I'll be writing it by, by 6 p.m. Would you like to get in the conversation? Which is why I love this poem, because it says, join this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. fives are always, um, I think, very interesting, complex, divergent. I, I took a test once that said I was equally convergent thinking and divergent thinking, I'll think about anything. Right. You know, just give it to me. I'll learn it and study it and have fun. But I don't realize that the neighbor hasn't been responded to. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah.
1: You know, um, I have a question for you, Nita, uh, about fives. You know, we we use the word energy and resources a lot. That, you know, we have limited resources, inner resources, you know, um, just so much stamina. But what I don't understand entirely is you know those are kind of hackneyed words. You know they're kind of what is the quality? You know it's not necessarily. It may be partly physical energy, right? But but what is the quality? What is it? What is that energy? What is that resource that that uh, fives are concerned about conserving and or retaining? What so what? What is the, what is it? You know, I think it's conserving confusion.
3: If that makes any sense. I have to turn off the news right now because mm. my brain wants to make sense of an irrational oh. world. And I will stare at it too long studying for the thread of rationality that I can't find. And I won't find it. And mm. so um, I, I think that it's conserving... Um, It's conserving my story for only the dearest of people. Mm -hmm. I don't give my story to many people. Um, It's conserving my privacy, maybe. Um, Al, do you have any thoughts? What am I conserving? I think
0: some of it is conserving energy. Um, Yeah, conserving energy. You have so much energy in the world of people um, that you know that sometimes you just need to— Pull apart to regroup. I remember when the boys were little, um, and you were with them all the time. Saturday mornings, we got got into this routine where you know they would wake up this unbelievably ridiculous hour, six five thirty, and go. <laughs> we're jumping up, on our bed. And- <laughs> we're up, and um, sometimes Nina and I had an agreement that I would load them into the car. We'd drive to Nashville to go to Pancake Pantry, which is where everyone needs to go. And I would say to her, we'll be back at noon. Mm-hmm. And she could go to her art studio by herself mm-hmm. and began to rebuild um, her energy and her the things that she'd conserved. And the boys and I would go to Dragon Park and then we'd go to Home Depot to make the craft of the day mm-hmm. and then we go hiking and we'd be back at noon and she was a new person. Yeah. It was like she'd plugged in a battery pack and um I've begun to learn from her.
3: Uh, we <laughs> learn from learn her. Learn <laughs> from
0: her. Actually what we we've, we've kind of done, we've you know uh she will sometimes say to me um, you know what, you need to go to a monastery and be quiet for four days mm-hmm. because you're busy, you're helping, you're doing these things. And so we watch for each other. She'll go, you need to go be quiet. And then I, I'll, so she invites me to silence and introspection. And I in turn go, you've been uh painting for four days by yourself mm-hmm. in the basement mm-hmm. it might be good to come up and i think we need to have some air air, yeah, air a light <laughs> little things yeah, like that yeah but it, um i think we need to go out to eat with someone yeah or let's go to the movies together with a group of people yeah, yeah. and so i feel like i think we started out not knowing anything about this and kind of you know how it is when you get married you you think that you're living the right way. And if, if the other person got with the program, they would be happy to. Right, too, right. <laughs> which doesn't go for big, but it was a good thought sure. at the beginning. <laughs>
3: if only everybody didn't have it. <laughs> no, and I think we would have thought we were similar, which is, yeah. I mean, it took yeah. the, the intricacies and the complexities of the Enneagram to point to me that. There was a lot of growth that I needed and wanted. I was craving it. You can't imagine when I when I found it. I was, mm. I was yeah, crazy. Because it explains it. so it much. It explains so much. Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, you know, Ian, sometimes you do this tricky thing where I ask a question I'm just dying to hear the answer to, and you just ask somebody else a question. So I'm going to circle back now to you and Nita, because <laughs> I want to know from the two of you, because of the space that you share that doesn't often get articulated, what you think the difference is between being a four with a big five wing and a five with a big four wing at this point in life?
0: Mm.
3: Do you want to go first? I can. Go Um, ahead. I think knowledge, unfortunately, um, I could call it the muse and try to hide behind that, but I don't think my repentance would be... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the muse. That sounds good. It sounds better. But um, I just got a commission where I'll do 25 panels, and um, I need to paint on the backside of glass. Well, I could. I think I probably did disappear studying the methodology for Mm -hmm. how you draw the oil paint on the glass, and it's such. uh, When I when I think of the fours, I have several friends that are very. knowledgeable about the Enneagram and their fours, their um, their bandwidth is on I'm not understood and uh, I'm alone and their intensity is about feelings and my intensity is about knowledge. I don't know if that's a fair description for you, Ian, maybe in your earlier days, but I don't, you don't hit me that hard with emotions because I'm detached. Right. So you hit me with the lure of, would you learn how to paint on glass? And the siren song has me hooked in and I'm gone before I even know I've left.
1: That's yeah. fascinating. Can, you know, what, can I make, just observe something? Because I, I, when you were reading the poem just now, it may sound like histrionic language, but I really mean, there's a Eucharistic quality to that, right? There's, um, because it was a sacrifice for you, right? And that, I, that was a very five, four thing going on there because you brought your, I, there was no defending against what you were doing. If I covered my heart, you were getting me with your head. If I cover my head, you were getting at my heart because you have access to both of those planes going on at the same time. It's a very powerful thing. And so there you were, a five. We're speaking to eventually a lot of people. And you read that poem and it was full of emotion. I mean, it, you don't have to be in the room to know that, that, you know, you were deeply moved. That's the power, I think, of that five with four. You leave people defenseless because you, you just can't cover up both your head and your heart at the same time. If you do, then, you know, you, you're just gonna get in, you know what I mean? And that's all there is to it. And I think also then I think, and this is true of fours and fives, it scares people. Mm -hmm. Fours feelings scare people, our our okayness with- Depression. Depression or or melancholy. Mm -hmm. Now this was much more true of me as a younger man than now, but the willingness to go there is spooky to people. When you were doing that, I just felt as a force so much connection. I mean, the room just every particle in the room charges in the most beautiful, beautiful way. I'm sure for you guys too, but it's like my my attention, everything in me goes like that.
3: You know.
2: You know what happens though? The the room charges for me, for other people.
3: Oh wow! The listeners?
2: Yes, like are are for whoever for whoever for whom. The room charges. Hmm. It's like when it comes to, I, I'm gonna. I, I don't know if this is right, but I, I, think it might be. When it comes to artistic feeling, I have to, um, I have to get the benefit of not of that. I can't get that. Is that true for you? Uh,
0: yeah. So because I, I, as you're talking, I think of. I did feel it as she was reading it. And then the second thought was, I wonder who else we can read this to. (laughs) (gasps)
1: <gasps> oh,
0: is that what you were saying? Yes. In other words, I it's thinking, like, you know, I— yeah, I'd love to read
1: this to other exactly people. Exactly. It would be so helpful. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's so fascinating. This is really helpful because— And mine and was the
3: Eucharist but yes. only Al. I mean, I was basically saying Al reached down as the okay. teacher. Is
0: that what you were talking you know, about? But, yeah,
3: well, yeah. but and Ian just
2: just got right in there and got Jesus <laughs> and yeah. using that—
3: The Eucharist. So
2: and- So see what happens for me— and this is, a, this is a hard thing to confess, and I may take it out later. We'll see. But I, you know, I, I wanted to really know the spiritual journey of a two. And I knew that Henry Nowen self-identified as a two, so I knew that I knew. So I decided I was going to read everything he wrote, having no clue that he had written 42 books. <laughs>
1: Not a clue. And now you really needed to be a Not five. A clue.
2: <laughs> and then, you know, like like we do, I told everybody I was going to read everything now and had written. Mm-hmm. And then there were just more books and more books. And I wanted to read them in the order that were written. Right. <laughs> and when I look back through those books that I read 20 years ago, trying to understand Tunis, literally written in the columns, always, always are other people's names.
1: Interesting. Right. This
2: would be so helpful for, and I can remember writing those sentences on cards and sending them to
1: people, right.
2: and the goal was for me to understand myself, and now I do, but I didn't then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know what I was experiencing right was you guys actually disappeared. Yeah, just in this moment, right now. For those of you who don't know, we're sitting at a big table. We're at all of our own size. Um, fours are so uh, attuned and responsive to beauty, to artistic beauty and aesthetics, right? And the emotion, the particular resonance of emotion there—not feeling, but emotion. You know, I just went, and in that moment, if I could paint a line, and you know, we're not super pals, you know, or anything. We're friends, but we might as well. Um, there's a level of connection that happens. And it's not self-interested necessarily. It's not, oh, I need to have this feeling. It's not me dragging back. It's actually um, this feeling I have inside of understood.
2: And I think it's worth, it's where head and heart
1: intersect. Oh, okay. Can that be? Yeah, I mean, but I just tuned right into the emotion and the poem, and I was just like... This is a holy moment. That's, see, what, that's what rises in me is transcendence, and then I'm just all zeroed in.
2: And what I have from that is
1: I'm so happy for
2: you. Oh,
1: wow. That's incredible. I see. Because I'm always thinking, you're crying because I'm cr- she's, cr-, And I'm like, no, I am like lasered in.
2: And see, I'm tearing up because a five is being that
1: vulnerable because it's so helpful for her. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and I'm that- feeling connected like— at, you know, not in, I can't even explain it. It's not because it's, it feels good to me. Right. It's not narcissism. Right. It's holy. That's all I know. I saw something on CNN yesterday that applies
3: to this. They were saying uh, it was a thing about why do people quote movies, you know, make my day or whatever. They, it was getting ready for the Academy Awards, and so they were talking about quotes and the big quotes we all know. And uh, they said, the guy, the psychologist that was interviewed said, most people quote movies because they're trying to troll the room to see if there's any other nerd, <laughs> four or five, <laughs> that will pick up that, you know, little bit of, That's of right. content and I'll be understood.
1: That's fascinating.
3: I, you know, I channeled through Cinema Paradiso. Did you... Oh. I channeled my understanding of life through Nell. Did you? And so I think there are these little weird messages that are pinging out from a mm. five. Like, uh, I hid, and then the teacher kept writing me confident, you know, good quotes on my papers. And finally, instead of an apple, I raised my hand, and I was seeing. That's the ping, that that bid for connection that is so hard for a five. It's God so hard for a
0: five. So I, I want to chime in here. i. I feel like I'm somewhere in between.
2: Of course you are.
0: Um, What do you mean? (laughs) Why would I be someone? (laughs) Well, because you're married to her. Oh, there's that. Because whether it's reading that poem or, for instance, I will—she's taught me how to read poems. Yeah. So now I'm a poem geek. I like read them and find them, and I will read them and be deeply moved by them and sit with them for a little while, comma— and then I can't wait to give them away. <laughs> to, you know:
2: I do know, but my question for you is, would you be that deeply moved by the same poem, poem, given to you by someone you're not in love with?
0: Hmm. Not in the moment. Yeah, not in the moment, but, but I have been given poems, or have <laughs> read my own, yeah. um, that have like taken me down. But the comma is that I always think of where this needs to go next.
2: Yes. How do I pass it on? How do I give it away? Yeah. How do I give it away? How do I give it away? My, my question is, did you, did you two arrive on the planet knowing how to hold it for yourself? See, it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so interesting, Ian, that you say it's not in a selfish way. Like you're, def- you're defending. Well, because that. I've been
1: accused before of exactly. being a narcissist. Exactly. Who's all about his feelings, and that's not. I just go along with it as a joke, but sometimes, you know. But it's actually not. And can it be true? Yes. You know, if I'm in a bad space, sure, I can I can devolve into narcissism and you know all that kooky weird stuff. But at my age. A better percentage of the time, not all, you know, but it's really not narcissism. It's transcendence. And, and I don't know how to explain it except unless I write a book or a song because I don't actually know how to explain the feeling unless I can try and give it to you, that feeling.
2: It's like I, I, I don't think we as twos, I, I as a two, I have no idea about you.
0: We'll, we'll
2: find out. I as a two— almost can't receive anything as if it's for me. Mm. Mm. And if it seems to be for me, then it very quickly becomes for me so that I can be for somebody else. It's nev- I don't know how to hold anything oh, I see what you're for saying. me. Mm. Oh, So if you oh. can't hold things for you, it's very difficult if you're not an artist... To really appreciate painting, or music, or poetry, oh. because it's 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 always passing through me, going to somewhere else.
1: You're a router. That's it exactly. Alice, you're how saying I feel. right? You're saying that yeah. there, you're a router.
2: They're routers.
0: Okay. There's, there's probably There's probably a more romantic way to
1: say that.
2: I don't know. <laughs> oh, <that There's, laughs> here's kidding. what I have to say. Without a router, none of the shit in this room would be working. <laughs> <laughs> well, we that's go. true. It is true. It yeah. is true. In
1: fact, I was just thinking, this is my, my little weird head thinks, that at the end of this interview, I'm going to turn to Al and say, thank you for holding the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yep. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you you know, that's what twos do. You hold the space. You create a, you create a safe environment for people to come in and be who they are or not be who they are and you without any judgment you just let them be and you you attend to people
2: and you cry for them until they can cry for themselves mm-hmm.
1: yeah and if you're healthy you know in a way that's my gift to give but I'm not doing this to be needed right. I'm doing this as a service because this is how God built me or my yeah. higher power built me you know like so I'm I'm this I'm learning a lot today about twos it's so good for me, because I, I don't think that way, because when you were reading the poem, uh, I felt an intimacy not, not uh, with you at one level, but what I can, the reason I can retain it is I th- part of me sees the whole world that way, and it, the way of everything has meaning. Everything has its own beauty. Everything is charged with, you know, Hopkins, you know, the grandeur grandeur of God. God. Everything shimmers and brims with God's presence. And in that moment, you know, just for a moment, the veil gets sort of pulled aside. And that for me, that little bell in my chest Mm -hmm. sympathetically rings with the bell in yours. And I don't feel lost in my feelings anymore. I don't feel. Alone, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the kid. You know, I, I, you know, I've said this before. You know, I was the kid looking back on. I should have gone to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in a family; no one else was a four. You know, and kids just didn't get it. You know, and so when that happens, I go. The world really is full of meaning.
2: Well, the thing that I think we got to really be sure we point out is that those people who are walking around the world thinking that fives are just in their heads and that they're bereft somehow right. of any kind of intense emotion need to just back up.
0: Mm-hmm. Because, right.
2: because you, you, Nita, you just lived that out in a way that we could have never talked about in a way that would have taught that. But I'm going to make another confession, and we might take it out Well, too, I'm a priest. If you want, time, I, I can
1: do absolution I'm telling right you, now.
2: I've— I I need to be really careful. I've been up a long time. But here's what I think is so important for me to say. I thought you wrote the poem for Al. And at the end, when I heard that it was written by somebody else in a different context, I thought, man, that's
3: too bad. I thought it too. I thought it a minute ago when he was saying that. I thought, you have no idea how different it would be if it had been written by me. And would I dare
1: do that? Probably. Probably. Not <laughs> and that's um, and that's you're right, you're exactly right, yeah. can I can I interject? I me mean, this is me just thrusting meaning on his stuff, but I think with a great piece of art like that, well i mean yo yo ma doesn't write, you know Sibelius, you know, but in that moment, it's his I can say that because that's his I, voice it was that. it was an
3: audience of one it was. Yeah, it, you know, I read yeah. it twice on the way, and was insecure about it. And I said, "You know, you've done this for me." So I, I, I and we're a two and a five. And if anything describes us, this is you reaching down to find me.
1: So I, when so, you say it's
3: not yours, it's mine, but it's, it's yours. Not
1: mine. It's I, I get I get the attribution is necessary, mm-hmm. but it was as much yours. And and that that poet would have been rem- really have felt like they had done their job mm-hmm. because they had written something you appropriated. True, and gave away mm-hmm. again.
2: And I don't want to be dishonoring of any of the things that you just said in in any way. I, I don't want to be dis. But I am so relational. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so relational, and I know them. And I don't know this person mm-hmm. when the when the when
3: it's not relational. I already lose fifty percent. Right. And it's like me signing a painting with my own name. I know, or me writing in my own name. Yeah. I'm on a journey to be brave enough to do that. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm not there. Yet. Huh.
1: You know, um, this is such a rich conversation. It, I'm getting a little mind blown here. But um, I think there's a, a lesson that I've learned recently. And now you were getting at it a second ago um, when you were describing the, the spiritual growth that you've, you've, you've been through. And um, there's a great, there's a quote by Viktor Frankl that I, I'm going to butcher it right now, but it's pretty dang close. I've come close to memorizing. He says, between the stimulus and the response, there is a space and therein lies your freedom. And what he was saying was most people live in reactivity all the time, right? We're just, we're on autopilot. We're just banging guardrail to guardrail through life if we don't have self-awareness. And so the space between the stimulus and the the response to anything that comes at us in life is teeny. It's like a little crack in the sidewalk. We just step right over it, right? So we're just reacting to everything, right? And what he's saying is that when you grow in self-awareness, and this is what the Enneagram helps us do, self-knowledge to lead to self-awareness, self-observation, which you all are as a five are just brilliant at, right? It opens the space. It opens the that space between the stimulus and the response. So my wife gets mad at me. I don't just jump over the crack in reactivity and yell back. With self-awareness of my number and some meditation, the space gets larger. I can stand in the space now, and I have freedom to choose the response differently, and that's my new freedom. Is I'm in that space, I got new freedom now to choose a different way. And you as a 2 you know, doing that thing, you got enough self-awareness to go, what's my motive here? What am I doing? That's because you've done some work, and you the space is open between mm-hmm. the stimulus of the mailbox and the response. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. same with five suits. I've seen you do it. This is, to me, such the gift of the Enneagram.
2: And I have a, um, a new thing, another new thing to put on the table, and that is that I kind of believe— that that space is the present moment. Yeah. And I think everything else is past or future or past, present, future. That fast, past, present, future. Mm-hmm. I, I I think we spend—I think we write about the present moment. We talk about the present moment. We sing about the present moment. And nobody spends any
1: time— People read there. a lot of books about the present moment, yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I
2: know. And they sold a lot. Oof. And I think it's because nobody does it so people get to pretend that they do because nobody knows what it really looks like. <laughs> I can't define uh-huh. it. <laughs> but I, I do think what you're talking about is if, if you can hold in real time, you can make a different choice before you flood with, I better defend myself here because the last time I let yeah, that happen, yep, I yep, got hurt. Yep. Or I'm not I'm not
3: getting away of the farm right now. So I'm, I, I, gotta you, I just think that's big. So, the measured risk is, is what a five is after, a measured risk. And then they test the waters and test the waters. I don't know if you know that with your friend, your childhood friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm curious. I don't know if it's nature or nurture, which came first. But I was an isolated child. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, being underneath a piano and, and looking at the bottom of the keys, those little felt, off white ivory. Pads. My first painting, uh, 25 years later, was of the underside of a piano, and I didn't even have the memory that i lived underneath it with a lamp and a book underneath a piano, with a sheet over the piano. That was my little fort for my fiveness. So I was already holding space for things and dragging them <laughs> under my piano, so to speak, and just f- almost like the totem that they talk about with a five. I had my totems mm-hmm. in there. And I don't know if I'd been in a healthy family without alcoholism, rampant and screaming. I don't know if maybe I would have come out and been closer to a four or a three or a two. Um,
2: the thing that's so fascinating to me and also in our conversation is that um, your wing is so important. You know, I'm having a real hard time leaving Ian with a five wing and you with a four wing. I'm sorry and glad at the same time. But I, I, my friend does not have much of a four wing. And she's ten years older than I am. So she's seventy-five. She's very, very, very different from you because she's so so five with not much wing either way. And my mom was a five, but she had a six wing and not much of a four wing either. And I, um, I don't want to overplay wings because I think people do that too easily, but mm-hmm. I just think we happen to be in a space right this minute in real time where the reality of, of this space that they share, Al and I can say that they share, is quite something to look at. Huh. Hmm. Because you use poetic language when most fives use technical language. And you share when most fives present information. That's right. Hmm.
3: And I, that's just not ordinary. If Al weren't in the room, I would be
1: 100% more technical.
2: And is it because you feel safe because he's here?
1: Yeah, he's holding yeah. the space. He I can feel the, the space. space, it's like a bowl. You know, you just get...
2: Well, I'm a little upset that you're getting all the credit for holding space, because I'm not (laughs) sure.
1: That's why I was invited. To
2: hold space. (laughs) (laughs) He's really good at it. He's a
1: spiritual docent.
2: Are you an introvert or an extrovert?
0: You know, I believe I'm transforming into an introvert. If you would have asked me in my 20s, are you an extrovert? I was. I was everywhere all the time, anytime there's a group. And now I'll I'll be a little more like Nita. I go, you know, I've I've had enough mm-hmm. people. We've been out two nights I can't do it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm now whereas I enjoy meeting people for coffee, I really do, or going out to eat. I would I would really enjoy being by myself for a few days mm-hmm. and get a lot of energy from that now. And that's new. Um so somewhere in between but I think moving I do well in the you know in the public sphere and talking right, sure, and sure. conversing but um I find myself and you can back this up neither or not more and more um, needing to be energized by silence in my own space
2: Me too. You yeah. think it's because we're tired? <laughs>
0: yes I, I think it's because we're tired and and to give us a little bit of credit, I think because it gives us um something better to do when we come out of it mm-hmm. and and more thoughtful um because I think in my in my rampant tunnis mm-hmm. in my twenties mm-hmm. um I had no inner world um and if you were to go back and say Tell me about Al. People would say, we really liked him a lot. Oh, yeah. He was always there, morning, noon, and night. Um, and then if you would have pressed them, do you know him? Um, if you, And they would probably say, uh, not really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we know about him. We like him uh, a whole lot, but mm-hmm. we, we don't know him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah.
1: This is an amazingly rich conversation, and I hate to tell everybody out there, but I think it may go on for several, it could go on for several more hours after we after we tune out here. But but I I just feel like this was just a, a remarkable time. I I actually wasn't thinking, hey, I'm doing a podcast right now. I must think I'm having a conversation with a couple of friends. And I just happen to be doing it through headphones. Yeah, but we can um, hear one
2: another really well.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, one of the things I think is so impoverished about the, uh, the the faith tradition that we share, you know, the spiritual world in which we 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 tend to swim is that we, it's so disembodied, right? You know, right. We, and you know the uh, the Buddhists have so much stuff going on better explained than what they oftentimes explain things so much better about the gospel than we do, you know. And one of those things is that the bowing to mm-hmm. one another, mm-hmm. you know, and that idea that you know the 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 God the divine in me recognizes in this moment the divine in you mm-hmm. that spark in me, right? and so there's a bow. They're actually not bowing. It's not. They're actually bowing to the spark or the divine spark in the other, right? Which is a beautiful thing to do. To, you're reminding them at the same. It's fantastic, and I just feel like bowing. I know this. I don't want to sound all gushy weird here, but. I do. That's the feeling I have is I feel like bowing to you guys and thanking you for being here. And I really, I really, I really mean that. Well, I do too. I learned a ton.
0: Well, um, the feeling's quite mutual because um, for someone who's kind of new at this, and I keep saying that, but it's true, um, the way you all have introduced it to me made it very accessible um, and, and not as scary for me to enter into it and to understand it and to embrace it rather than kind of back off from Mm -hmm. it. Um, I remember one thing you said, Suzanne, in a seminar, you you talked about um, twos are thinking repressed. Mm -hmm. And at first I was really offended. (laughs) Yeah. But then— You folded your arms. Yeah, probably. I'm sure I did because I didn't know. But then really quickly— uh, you gathered a group of people, one, two, three, four, five, and asked them to sit in a row. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, oh, I'm so thankful that I wasn't asked to be in that row. And then I thought, because I don't think I could think quickly. Yeah. And I went, oh, my gosh, she's right. Yeah. And the other day, um, I sat down and read a whole book in two days, and I thought, I need to call Suzanne.
2: Did you finish? Yes.
0: <gasps> I finished because—
2: Was it a memoir?
0: Uh, no. Yes, it actually was. It was a small memoir. But what I, what I remembered from our time is that twos, because they're thinking repressed, often don't finish right. books. And so I just want to bow to you all uh, in, in making this accessible to someone like me. It's been very helpful, and I'm grateful.
2: We well, you know, in terms of being thinking repressed, we think all the time. It's just that we think about relationships all well, the time.
3: That. There's that. <laughs> it's not that we can't think. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. higher thinking. Yes. What can we say? <laughs> and as for me, I need to just do the dishes. Yes, I'm doing well. repressed. Just yeah, do the
2: dishes. do the dishes. Be at one with the dish. Be at one
3: with
1: the dish.
2: Well, what a great, great time Man. we've had. We'll, we will revisit this if y'all will come back. We would love oh, it. Oh, we would love we to. We would love
1: to. We'd love to. Thank and to you. all of you out there who've been blessed with Alanita's presence, thank you for being with us. And Jim Chafee, our producer, and Brad Bass, our engineer. Thank you to you guys. And peace and grace to all of you. See you next time. Actually, not see you. Talk to you next time. Right. Bye now.
2: You've been listening to The Road Back to You, looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram.
1: Produced by Jim Chafee and engineered by Brad Bass.
2: Our theme music is provided by the band Waterdeep from their album Moment, written by Lori Chaffer.
1: Please visit our website, www.theroadbacktoyou.com, for news, more podcasts, and information on our public appearances around the country.
2: And you can order our book, The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery, at amazon.com and and barnesandnoble.com.